again for tuning in to a new episode of change the subject i'm your host bj you can follow me on twitter at dergo bj that is d-e-r-g-o-b-j on twitter and you can follow the show which can be found on instagram at the subject change thank you guys again for returning to a brand new episode um i had a pretty good week i just put out the last episode which was called the um what was that shit called it was called My Sexy Ass Sister in Christ, and it was uh, featuring a young lady by the name of Ashley Richardson. It was a very dope conversation, a very dope guest, and it got a lot of good feedback. So today's episode is going to touch on the men since we kind of made the women the focal point of the previous episode. And I got the perfect person to have this conversation with because he understands women. Um, Some people will probably know exactly who this is because he's very outgoing one of the most hardworking people that I personally know and I've decided to partner up with him so that makes me have to work extremely hard because I got to keep up with how fast this motherfucker move out here in these streets (laughs) if you don't know who I'm talking about yet I'm talking about CEO Hayes from the Awakened Soul podcast the breaks radio the film frequency and probably a Man, what else do you do? Like, I'm sick of your ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one, bro. Um, yeah, man, I wear many hats, bro. Like, it's and it's so funny because I feel like they 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 I didn't take them all at once. So they slowly got added and added and built upon. And then now I just look back. I'm like, damn, man, am I doing yeah. too much? But I love it, man. I love it. I honestly do. So it's a, it's a. I, people ask me all the time, like, how do you do this without getting burnt out? It's because I legitimately love what I do, bro, in podcasting. That's what's up. Um, so it, I, I have not once ever felt burnt out. Tired, yes, but burnt out, never. Man, it is amazing how you have not experienced the like the for real fatigue. I'd be like, damn, like, did he just say? He was going to Cincinnati, and then he said he was going here, then, and he right back doing this, and then he doing this again. I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> it is just crazy how you move around. But it's definitely, it's definitely, like, inspiring to to know that there are so many goals for you in so many different areas. You move a lot. So kind of give the people, like, an idea for those of us that don't know you. <laughs> Give a like an idea or a background to who CEO Hayes is. Oh man, um, in podcast or in life, like just what, period, what you, which just period, period, it all kind of makes sense when you tie them all together. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, so I, I grew up overseas, uh, military brat, uh, Italy okay. and Germany mainly. Uh, came back to the states when I was sixteen, almost seventeen. Um, and so I like I was like even though I'm American I was raised in a completely different culture and a little bit more open. Uh, right. As anyone who's been in Europe knows, um, so that that contributes a lot to what you say about like me being open and, and being uh, experiencing different things is because hell I I have embraced not just been over 
in uh, other countries. I've lived there. I've had to fully engulf myself in those cultures. So that's, of course, added uh, layers and layers upon who I am and, and the way I see the world and view things. Okay. Um, but I mean, overall, I'm just man. I'm I'm just I'm just a guy out here who I I feel like I have something to say. Um, and I think versus like and not to put anyone down, but versus what a lot of podcast other podcasters do, I don't try to get uh, preachy. I don't try to act like I know it all. I share my views and then i always open it up and want to hear the listeners views or my guests views and i figure like we can each learn something from me for from each other i'm a big proponent of a uh, open conversation and actually right, right. talking talking to gain understanding not talking uh to get your point across or talking necessarily to make someone agree with you um and i think that that's something that you know our culture is really the culture of and i don't mean just black culture i mean the culture of people period are getting to the point to where now everyone just talks to make their points or they talk to try to convince someone they're right rather than realize you can understand someone that doesn't mean you have to agree and i think we're losing that as a culture and that's something i'm really trying to push forward with my platforms absolutely i totally agree with that perspective i think that's exactly who i am too because i've always been that person that sees like more dimension and diversity to a lot of the conversations that a lot of us have every day i was kind of tired of like hearing myself repeat myself a lot you know, so that kind of like propelled changed the subject to be what it is, because I think that no matter how normal we think things really are, there are so many layers to our everyday life that we typically overlook or take for granted. There are so many experiences that we could probably channel if we knew that they existed. And I think that with you doing the Awakened Soul and me doing this, I think we give them that perspective to um evoke more conversation and also you know change the idea of how you see normal life because it can be better even though you do the same things every day if you just pinpoint those things that are significant maybe the overall viewpoints of things will change so definitely if you are a podcast listener you know give um ceo hayes and the awakened soul a listen i've been featured before and it was a privilege. It definitely was an eye opener. I still get comments about the episode that we did, um, the unruly creators, but he does so many great things with the show. So many dope segments. Um, just get into his show. Tell him I sent you. <laughs> so uh, today um, is a kind of serious conversation because um, not only is it just me reaching out to my brother to have a conversation is also me kind of dealing with the personal issue within the episode. And it's about the man's pride and self-esteem and where it comes from. I have some interesting issues with dealing with the leading ladies in my life. And it's not so much to say that they're problematic or they bring me down or anything like that, but there's a certain tone to each issue that tells me a little bit more about who I am as a man. And I even had an issue to, not so much an issue, but I had an instance where I had to ask myself, where does my pride come from? Because when I thought about what makes a man, usually you would say to yourself that a man's pride and self-esteem comes from within. You know, it's, it's inherited, it's taught, it's mentored, it's these things that you feel like are put in place in your life as a kid 
that made you the man that you are today. But I realized that a lot of my pride and my self-esteem comes from my mistakes. And I wanted to possibly help somebody understand the mistakes that you need to avoid to be more upright and self-aware as a man. So I want to talk about putting the woman figuratively second, not necessarily on the back burner, but putting her second to yourself when it comes to the intentions that you have for yourself, how you want to maximize your life, um, the type of healthy relationship you would like to have, not so much making her the goal, but making your own priority of happiness for yourself so that you can share those things with the person versus hold them responsible for it. So have you ever had an instance where a woman not so much boggled you down, but like you had to have an extreme level of responsibility for the women around you. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just to piggyback a little bit off my life. So um, after my parents split, my younger sisters, which are 10 years younger than me, I basically raised them because my mama had to work two jobs. She was she woke the, the way that our our life worked just to kind of peek behind the curtain is that uh, my mom would wake up, wake me up early in the morning, probably around six um she would i would take her out to the car make sure she left work okay feed myself get my sisters up get them ready for school feed them hit the bus come back from school make dinner for my sisters get them to bed do my homework wait on my mama to get back from her second job because i would not go to sleep until i knew my mama made it home safe and uh at that point then i would go to sleep and that's how my life was from 16 on until i moved out on my own um and uh, it was a sacrifice that, you know, I never really stopped and thought about, like, I'm doing all this because, I mean, that's my mom. Those are my sisters. My dad is not around. Uh, if no one else does it, that that's my job. Um, so right, absolutely. Right. I think and in that time, we kind of talked about it on, on my episode there during that time. I was putting them first, even before my own mental health, because there were things that I was going through, like my parents divorced. Never. I didn't process that really until maybe I was 25, 26, that that affected my anger at the time. That affected right, right, uh, me because right. I, at the time where I was coming into my manhood and I needed my father there and my dad's never been a deadbeat. I mean, I was still talking to him a lot, but I needed my dad there. Not only did I ha not have him, but now I was taking on part of the responsibility that he had when he when he him and my mom were together as far as helping raise my sister. So I didn't I felt like it would be selfish for me to take time out um, or, or really feel anything for me to sit there and say, I'm sad. I'm, I'm depressed over my parents getting divorced. I didn't even process it because. What do I look like worrying about me when the women in my life needed me at that time? So absolutely. Um, looking back at it, I would have did it a little bit differently. I would have at least told my mom, like, hey, I'm not good over you and dad getting divorced. But I mean, like I said, at the time, my mom working two jobs. What what do I look like um, putting putting myself over that? And she's she's doing everything to maintain uh, the lifestyle that we had. So that was that was that situation for me. Yeah. And that was that was mine, too. Like my father was a military man, too. And I remember like um, having certain instances with my father where, well, let me take it back a little bit. Like my father was, he was around, but wasn't there. Like, um, and when I say around, like literally my dad stayed five minutes away from where me and my mother lived, literally five minutes away. It wasn't that he wasn't present or active. He wasn't there, like mentally, like he was always in the mind frame of responsibility only. He didn't really know how to show affection. He didn't really know how to communicate when it was time to share with his children. He only knew 
the responsibility. Fix whatever it is that you're complaining about so that you can move on with your life because he's steadily trying to move on in his day to day as a man as well. And I didn't realize how seeing my father with other women, even though I love these women, you know, um, quite a few of them I still have a relationship with, even though he doesn't. Um, I still love these women, but it never really I never really understood why him and my mom never married or him and my mom never really having the proper connection to benefit me. You know, I never really asked those questions. And because I was so concerned with my mother's well-being, making sure that she was okay and that she didn't lack that male figure, I think I naturally assumed that responsibility too. But um, a lot of the manhood problems that I realize I have now with not being able to connect with other men because I was sheltered due to the fact that my responsibilities kept me home every day, um, not being able to establish brotherhoods because so many things were going on around where we were staying that she wouldn't allow me, you know, the growth outside of the home. It had to, she had to supervise it. She had to know every detail of what it was I was doing. So ultimately what she created within me in that process was a sense of rebellion. Like I had so many issues that I realize now that I'm still dealing with as an adult man. So in this process of knowing um, who you were in that point, like, cause you were typically a parent as a kid. And how, how was that to your growing expectations? Like being a young boy did you ever aspire to do certain things that you couldn't do because you had responsibilities? Like for me, I, I made the football team, but I couldn't play. Like I'm still chasing after accolades and still chasing after accomplishments because my childhood and my living circumstances as a kid dictated how much I was able to do. So were there things in place for you as a kid that you wanted to do that you couldn't do because of those responsibilities? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was able to still play sports, uh, luckily, but I mean, anything outside of that. And the thing is, is that even when I had when I was playing like during football season, my sisters would just watch me at practice like, <laughs> um, okay. my, yeah, my six. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I would that's that's what we would have to do. Um, but I mean, yeah, there were opportunities that I had, like there were like certain school events and extracurriculars that I wanted to do that I just couldn't do. Like, uh, I, like I wanted to be, I was on the debate team freshman year, but I wanted to be on the debate team. Anyone who, if you listen to my podcast, you understand that fits me perfectly. But um, <laughs> I wanted to do the, the the debate team um junior and senior year. I just couldn't because of, because of everything that was going on. Uh, there was like another program or something that I wanted to do work. Hell, I, I, the thing is I had my, I had my first job when I was, I think 13. Um, it was okay. a paper route, which people don't even do. I don't even know if yeah, they that's, deliver newspapers that's OG. Anymore. That's OG first job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to, to work cause I enjoyed working. I enjoyed saving my money. Um, but I couldn't, I, there was no possible way that I could. So it was things like that. When we think about our moms, typically your mother is your first love as a boy or man you know your mother is pedestal you know that's pretty much how you grade the one the women that you deal with well in some cases that's how you grade the women that you deal with and ultimately what i realized as an adult is that 
even though your mother is your first love, she's also a woman of flaws that may not be visible to you at such a young age. A kid typically defends her without knowing her struggles, and he protects her without knowing her level of responsibility or discernment for herself. So to me, in that instance of knowing that this could possibly be your mom or could possibly be your aunt, like a woman who's just dealing with her day to day, like how responsible should a father be to a home that he's not necessarily in to make sure that his boy or his, you know, his junior is possibly able to be raised with the proper intuition to be well-rounded, you know, mentally and spiritually intuitive and a product of sound judgment, even though he's not present in the home. Like, how do you go about that to make sure that your boy is not necessarily being groomed into a mama's boy? Well, I think that the, you, you have to a want to be there and be there. I think that people think too much of, Oh, if I'm not in the same home, it's going to change. It doesn't have to. And this is why I'm a big advocate of father's, going actually after 50 50 custody i think for a long time people had the mindset that it, it just it, you more than likely wouldn't get it which is completely changed nowadays more times than not if you go after it, you'll get it but it's important and i think that you know you not being in the same home does not stop you from being in your should not stop you from being in your kid's life now if the woman is stopping that you need to go to court but you should you should want to put that same time into it, whether it's split days, whether it's splitting the weeks, other every other weekend, whatever you have to do, you should still get that almost that same amount of time or as close to it as humanly possible. If you want to go after it, get it. So that that's something that um, I have to do with my older son. Um, I had to go through it. Um, I, I told that story on Black Law and Legal Lies, um, and the thing is, is that. You, you have to want it. You can't use the excuse, in my opinion, that I'm not in the same house. Now, if you live states in between you a, a half a country away, OK, that that's that's different. I can understand it in that sense. That's when those conversations need to start. That's when take advantage of the technology we have. FaceTime, video chat, Skype, whatever you want. There's a way that you can let your child see your face. You can have those conversations more than just on the phone or texting. Fathers, we got to get active. We have to be intentional in in wanting to be in our son's lives. Um, and I think that that's very important. And we're seeing that. I honestly think our generation is going to be the generation that bucks that trend of overall that you know, they're always going to be dad beat dads. But when I look at the fathers just in our podcast circle, we have some amazing fathers. And um, I, I, I would really like to think that we're going changing that stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. Like even I mean, even with you, I tip my hat off to you because I know that you're a single father. We don't highlight our men that actually rise to the occasion to make those differences. And I think that that example alone of how you saying like the fight for time and attention and experience with our kids really helps in the development of a young boy so that he knows how to prioritize himself first before he pursues other women other entities within his growing pains and you know he knows how to kind of direct himself i think the example is ultimately where the self-esteem the self-respect and the preservation comes from seeing your father you know go to back to make sure he gets his proper time with you make sure that his i guess his examples are effective 
even when he's not the primary caregiver. Like seeing that, seeing those moments where how you handle his mother when she's being disruptive to your process of dealing with your kid also is an effect on how he grows up and communicates with women. I think that we don't understand nowadays that the examples that we set are ultimately where the pride of our children come from. The learning lessons that they receive come from naturally the parent and the home that they come up out of. But for so many of us who are instilling these lessons, we have to kind of deal with our own traumas and our own past and address those things, even though we're trying to slowly but surely correct the ones for the future or the ones coming up under us. I knew for me, I used to remember hearing my father tell me that the reason why he was with so many women in his life is because one thing he never really experienced was love. Now, because I held my mother in such a high regard, that offended me to hear him say that. Like, I knew my mother was, you know, an angel sent from heaven. I knew my mother was a, you know, a godly woman. She was responsible. She was a caregiver and not necessarily by profession, but just how she took care of me. Um, she was just the it girl for me. Like that was my mother. So when he said that, I naturally took offense to it. But ultimately, I think that because his internal issues were never addressed, being in the military and having certain issues, post-traumatic stress, um, never really being able to connect because he was a problem child growing up, never really connecting to um, his own mother in, in certain ways because she was always on him about being bad or she never really was able to connect with him emotionally. Having a father at home that, you know, uses the word stupid to joke, you know, calling you stupid was like a joking tactic. We use those words to, you know, reference being silly, but he took that personal. Like these things were going on in his home. So naturally, when he said this, it took me to grow up and understand love for myself to realize that he wasn't being offensive. He was addressing some of his pains that was being overlooked because of so many provisions that he had to make for his family and his children. So when you get to a point as a parent, let's just say your oldest son is showing a trait of a young CEO Hayes or he has a, a anger issue. How do you deal with helping your son with a very identical issue that you have still yet to find a resolve to completely? Like, how do you help your son to avoid having the same degree of anger as you if you just so happen to see that brewing in him? Well, the thing with me is like my issue with anger personally was because I was taught almost like any other emotion was wrong. Like my dad Great father. Honestly, he's a great father, but he had a very old school mindset with like, don't show emotion. Don't look down. Don't like sometimes don't feel anything um, with my sons. I try to do different. So I try I embrace even their emotional side. Like uh, I'm affectionate with my sons. I give them hugs all the time. Uh, kisses on the cheek like I'm just affection because I want my sons to know earlier than what I did it's okay to show emotion and I think mm -hmm. in that in being being comfortable showing more than just anger they will already be able to overcome at least my anger issues my anger issues is because I focused every I displayed almost everything through anger and aggression that's just how I display my emotion with my sons they 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 know it's okay to be upset 
Uh, I don't I still don't like crying. But I mean, if, if that's to the point that they're at, it's OK to shed a tear. Um, it's OK to hug. It's OK to just tell tell your mama you love her. It's OK to tell me you love me like it. Those things are OK. And so I think in doing that, I'm I'm, I'm seeing that they are they deal with anger better, especially my older son. He 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 hasn't not really a mean streak. He can get frustrated with things. But when he does, he's like, all right, you know what? Let me just step away. The younger one is like a mini, like, it's funny that you say, and he's my junior too. I think it just happened the other day. Like he just threw something down when he got frustrated with it. And I'm like, oh, geez, like, here we go. Right, right. Um, so it, it, with, with him, I'm, I'm uh, and he has a, he has a, um, a speech delay. He's, he's, he doesn't talk much at all. And I was the same way. I didn't even know this. Like my parents were afraid I was going to be a mute or something. Um, I never even knew that, but I just started talking. And I think with him, uh, because he doesn't he doesn't know how to verbalize everything as well as he should at this point he he gets angry and frustrated in the sense that okay i know what i want to tell you but i don't have the words to tell you so i'm frustrated now i'm pissed off and so with him um seeing that in him i'm I, we got to try to find a coping mechanism my coping yeah. mechanism was yeah. sports um I think my older son's is video games so now we got to find his thing and i think that to channel it it's nothing wrong with being angry. And I think we so much we try to villainize or vilify the black man getting upset. No, th- and that almost makes them afraid more to show their feelings when you try to tell a black man he shouldn't be upset. No, there's it's fine being upset. It's all in how you deal with it. Finding right, the proper right. outlets to deal with you being upset. Me, it's music. I, I can be pissed off as hell. If I if you turn on some Marvin Gaye, it's gonna go away. Like or Stevie oh, yeah. Wonder. Oh yeah. It's gonna oh, go yeah. away immediately. So you gotta try to find the things that work for you so you can effectively get that anger out of you. Um podcasting is one for me. With my son, it's probably gonna be my younger son, it's probably gonna be video games too. But I think like his mind, he he's such a creative person. Like he he's built stuff on Minecraft and with Legos that would just really amaze you and think like a damn uh uh, damn what's the word i'm looking our architect did it like he's that yeah, smart and i think yeah. those are going to be the things that are going to help him deal with his frustration better if that if that i know i gave a long-winded ass answer if that makes sense. oh no it gave me some context because um i think saying that you're helping me because i didn't have that when it dealt when it came to dealing with my own anger i had like um a lack of freedom and opportunity to find those certain expressions that i was like yearning to show um, and some of my curiosities and my intuitions as a kid, I think the um, lacking the opportunity of discovery made a difference, too, because I wasn't able to really experience things like I remember, um, you know, being sheltered like my mother didn't want me out in the streets. It was so much going on. We came from Highland Park, which was way worse than Detroit. Like she was very overprotective. And I remember having to finesse my way to do just normal things. I remember having like a brother, like one of my high school friends was like, like my for real brother. And I could never, even though she knew him, he, she knew he was a good kid. She still wouldn't let me like stay over his crib, like be like on a brother tip with my homeboy. So, um, I would always put myself in circumstances to make it to where I ended up staying over there. Like the bus would stop at 11. I'll, Hey, I missed the bus. My, I ain't got no way to get down there. So, I'm going to just crash at his crib until the morning time. She would be frustrated, but that was just my way of trying to have an outlet. And I realized that even as an adult, I'm still searching for that thing. And it probably has come a few times, but because it wasn't by my own choice or my own intuition 
ultimately, I probably don't even recognize it because I've been focusing so much on other people's needs and responsibilities. And that's the the beauty of hearing how you deal with your boys, like you give them the freedom of their innocence, like, you know, being able to express themselves, allowing them to be angry and figure out the processes that it would take for them to manage their own anger instead of dictating to them how they're supposed to handle it because I've been dictated to my whole life, you know? So now it, it changes the conversations with how, even how I deal with my mother, how, how I deal with the woman in my life now, like everything has been dictated to me for so long that when I deal with the sensitivity in the women in my life, it almost feels like they look at me as being angry because I'm so adamant about, me and what I said when I said no you know what I'm saying like they look yeah. at it like you're being so harsh but it's like no I'm just that positive that my answer is my answer you know what I'm saying and I think yeah. that that's probably where my issues come from because the women that I love the most always feel like I'm so hard and it's like I really don't believe that that's who I am but part of me had to investigated a little bit more and I realized that it probably is that way because I was never able to make my own decisions I was never able to find who Brandon was at 14 I was babysitting somebody else's kids or I was you know responsible for doing other things for your grandma your auntie your uncle your this your that I never really knew who childhood Brandon was Brandon don't even believe he had much of a childhood and so now I'm discovering that like prioritizing myself is ultimately why I'm saying that in some instances for men in general, we have to put ourselves first. We can't keep this narrative of, you know, how they say happy wife, happy life. We leave ourselves out of the happiness. We leave ourselves out of the joy of partnerships and relationships. We leave ourselves out of everything. A man who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. No, a man who findeth himself findeth a good thing. Why are you leaving yourself out of everything? Why is everything being dictated to you? And this is where the rebellion and the anger comes from. So I don't know. I, like, I don't know what to do with some of this energy. So I'm trying to find my way and like kind of sift through these emotions that I never really had an opportunity to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's 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 so the way that I can I explain it um, is that we tell boys when they're little, um, like, don't whine, don't be a little bitch, don't do this, um, like you're being too silly, like you need to grow up, like we, we force our, our 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 men for so long to grow up because they they need to lead, they need to provide, and that's fine. We do need to do those things. But at the same time, it's can you really do those things effectively? Maybe for yourself you can, but can you effectively lead a family if you haven't even stopped to process stuff? And and we we as men need to realize that it's okay to say that we're not right as long as you're doing what's what's taken to be right. And I think we we look so much at as being judged and saying that, okay, um, well, he 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 said he's not ready for a relationship. Like that's a negative thing. Why is that negative? If I'm ultimately what I'm trying to do 
is to get myself together so that I can be a better husband, so that I can be a better father, so that I can be a better just partner in general. What's wrong with that? We need to stop. And that, that goes for men and women. We're talking about men now is that it's fine to take time for yourself. The thing is, is that we vilify being selfish so much. And yes, yeah. being overly selfish is bad as being overly anything is negative. But you do need to be selfish because if you just put all your time and energy into everything else, you will never get yourself right. And you will move from relationship to relationship to situation to situation. And you will make and you will never learn anything from it. If you don't take time out to be selfish a little bit, you have to learn, you have to grow, you have to focus on yourself some. So then you can give back into someone like everyone uses the analogy like you you can't fill a glass with an empty pitcher. Yeah. True, the men is true. the men. The men are the pitcher. If you look at the at a family as in the man's the pitcher, the woman's the big cup, the kids are the little cups. You can't put anything into those other cups. If you're yourself or not full, what are you going to fill those other cups with? Exactly. Nothing. Emptiness. And if you fill it with emptiness then the whole family's empty, then what happens? Divorce. So think about that. Yeah. I think we're I think we're mechanically trained to do all of the things that we do in our relationships. And the examination of self is never a part of the process of damage control It's always looking to assist and aid the exteriors versus the internal. And I really and I really want to implement this process a little bit more for not only myself but for the listeners too like think about how often you don't do for yourself when it comes to the the primary people in your life like i will do so much for other people that i will go months without a haircut knowing how much a haircut makes me feel good like as as good as i feel about a fresh haircut i will still put so many other people's responsibilities before my haircut I was exposed to a pedicure in my late 20s and the the miracle that that does for my the comfort of my feet by me having the job that I have like as a truck driver I will put so many other responsibilities before my own self-care and it's hard to when you put so much before yourself in any facet it's hard for you to care about even the people you love when you're constantly doing for somebody and you need to be aware of how much you ask a person like that's one of the problems with men and women like we we make ourselves comfortable with putting our burdens on other people it is definitely easier to put the responsibility of your shit on another person versus dealing with your own shit it's definitely easy it's always going to be um doable to be in that position but I think we need to focus more on self-care and self-care is prioritizing yourself. Deal with your issues. I don't see anything wrong with a man telling a woman I'm focused on me when he's being genuine. Now, if he copping out, you know, you done built her up, made her feel good, tongue and cheek and all of that bullshit. You doing all of that. And then you say that then that's different. But if you're prioritizing yourself and putting yourself first and letting her letting her see that putting you first is ultimately putting her first because you getting your shit together and you're preparing for what is to be that good thing that everybody quotes in scripture. You have to find yourself first. So settling for friendship is also putting yourself first. But men are not taught to do that either. We're taught to go after the goal, the sex, the 
the intimacy, all of the things that sometimes we're not even really ready to experience because we still haven't we still haven't gained that self-control, that self-awareness. We haven't dealt with our traumas. We haven't dealt with our PTSD from our childhoods, our upbringings, the hoods we come from. We haven't dealt with any of those things. And so we prioritize the sex above everything that actually counts to your character when it comes to that woman. So like as a man who raises boys, like how do you teach your sons to prioritize themselves and their self-awareness versus actually acquiring a woman? Not necessarily saying that the woman is a bad thing, but just not being ready for what you're interested in, because there is a such thing as being interested, but not prepared for the interest. So how do you teach them about self-awareness before they make those approaches for young ladies that they may like? Well, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm looking in the sense that we're, we haven't quite reached that stage. Oh, okay. My, my, okay. Oldest, my oldest son is 13, and he is very much still a child, and I and I love that. I embrace that about him. But I think the thing is to, to just say on the on kind of the main topic of your question is to be self-aware. I, I always tell them it's not about – usually if I ask them what happened with something, if something went wrong, whatever, I want to know what you did. I don't care what your sister did. I'll deal with them later. I don't care what anyone else in the situation did. I want to know what you did and what your decision was. And if you made the right or wrong decision, regardless of what anyone else did. Now, if someone put you in a box where your only decision was to either punch them or get beat up. All right. Well, you're going to punch them, punch the hell out of them. Um, but, right, um, right, right. but, but it's, it, and I, and I, and I, and I started that young, like back when my oldest son was playing with like his cousins and something would get broke or, or whatever he come. Well, he did X, Y, Z. No, what did you do, though? Did you tell him to stop? Because you had the chance to tell him to stop. You could have not played with it. You didn't have to draw on the wall because he drew on the wall. I'll talk to him about drawing on the wall, but you still made the, the choice that you made. And I think that that's the thing that we need to do more is, as people in general, focus on what your choice made. How, how many times do you see grown people saying they did something and their response was, oh, well, because they did that, I did this. Okay, that wasn't your only choice. Yeah, You, you can't, yeah. unless you're, like, or, or people respond in attitudes or responding to someone else being, uh, doing something wrong with, with upping the ante and doing something even more wrong. Like, at the end of the day, it matters. Most of your choices, very little have anything to do with the other person. We make them about that because that's our scapegoat. But it's yeah, really about right, how you right. decide. You ha you have fifty ways you can respond to something. You chose to respond the negative way. So regardless of whatever else that person did, no matter how bad it was, no matter how stupid it was, your choice was to respond negatively. So you need to be held accountable for that choice. Yeah, and I think that that's ultimately um, the benefit of self awareness because I realized too, um, just dealing with my own shit, I wasn't as aware of myself as I am now and what I see in the interactions between you know the the boys and girls versus the men and women is um men have yet to deal with their shit so they're not really capable of owning any of the things that they're experiencing like men are going through body shaming just like women are men are going through being downplayed and degraded just like women are. And there's experiences for men that we don't necessarily know how to deal with because we we already feel some of those things that we're being judged as or judged by. So we have to take that time to become aware of ourselves. And that makes us better for the people that we deal with. I know that 
in other instances where you deal with um like relationship typically we try to defend ourselves as much as we can which is still not really working but we definitely try to defend ourselves against relationship because it just makes us feel inferior to not be ready but to be graded on our preparation like you're not always ready to fall in love it's the same for women like women don't necessarily want to fall in love but they still want to date they still want to be treated like a lady and i think the same can be said for men even though we're not ready for a lot of the responsibility we're still ready to be treated right we're still ready to be you know loved on and encouraged and empowered and i think that we need to equal the exchange of attention when we think of our men because our men are always being put down for not being ready for something and that's probably because nobody has ever asked him is he okay how do you feel what is it that you desire is a relationship what you're more or less focused on do you want a partner or do you want a friend like we don't ask those questions so ultimately all we do is project our own wants and needs on the other person i mean naturally when you're not ready you're going to reject it even even if you know you stand a chance of, of benefiting from it but self-awareness will help you in those issues i think with me being in a new relationship it's been so difficult for me emotionally because i'm discovering myself while in a relationship with an incredible woman and it scares me because I'm so concerned with possibly saying or doing something that may turn her away from me simply because I found myself at 35 versus 25. She's ready to give me everything that I need. She's ready to be a full-fledged partner. Um, we've had the conversations of moving forward in our, our relationship. And of course, I'm just not ready. But I'm always concerned about now that I'm finding myself is it going to be a turnoff? And I think that that's the issue for a lot of men. Like if we if we say we're not ready, then you'll never pay us attention. And now we're back to just being alone with these feelings. And I think that this is why we pro we probably we probably you know negotiate a little bit with our worth, if that's the way to look at it. Like you you know that you're not prepared, but you just don't want to lose out on the opportunity. So you kind of finesse a way to have a little bit of both. Is that something that we is that something that we guilty of? I I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I believe that that's what it is. No, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I I I I think you worded that perfect. I was trying to think of a way to if I wanted to rephrase it, but no, I think you worded that perfectly. Because I think we do that, like um, and women do it, like even though they don't want a boyfriend, they'll still go out on a date make a man think that you know she's interested had a good time like we need to communicate that like i still want to be treated a certain way even though i'm not ready for the commitment i think if we say that up front it'll like kind of like rid us of so many of the communication issues that we have and understanding yourself will help you a lot more in the process of submitting yourself to another person or idea for a relationship because I think love is designed for fulfillment, but we use it as a supplement for something like it's always going to be a cover up for something that we've been through or something that we can't necessarily deal with. And we have to understand that the healthier we are, the healthier the experiences 
are going to be, you know, because you have to be considerate of others when you sharing yourself with another person. Like you have to consider that. Am I giving too much? Am I giving too little? Like you have to, you know, think about that in a sense. But um, again, prioritizing your feelings, um, coming into a reasonable amount of understanding of self will probably help you deal with the women in your life whether that's your mother because there is an instance where you find the love of your life and then your mama still don't have a man you know what i'm saying you're pulled between two entities that you love more than yourself and how do you as a man deal with a situation like that because both of those women feel like at some point there's a priority on them i'm your mama but then it's like well i'm your woman so like what would you do in a situation like that where you're being pulled between two pedestals in your life. Well, that's the thing is that I think, and this is, this, this may give me backlash. Okay. So if a, until a woman is either your wife or your fiance, you guys are in committed where you know, that's who you're going to be with for a long time. She has no right to expect herself to come before your mama. That's just my God's honest opinion. Now, if she's your wife, your fiance, you guys been together for five years, you know you plan on marrying her, then as the man, you should determine. You you should make that clear that that your 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 mom has no right to come to your wife. Your mom has no right to think she comes before your wife. I think that that's something that we as men are afraid. Like we we feel like we have to balance it. There's no balancing it. Once you're you once you're married, your wife is your own flesh. So okay. no one. You know, your mom doesn't get. Yes, you came from your mama, but you're supposed to uncleave from your parents once you get married, once you become an adult. You got to you got you got you have to free yourself from that. Now, don't do it disrespectfully. and You should never allow anyone to disrespect the other ones. You should never allow your mom to disrespect your wife. You should never allow your wife to disrespect your mom. But as the man, I feel like there if there's discontent in that, usually it's because the man hasn't handled the situation right with putting people in their place. And you have to and people have to be stop being afraid to put their mothers, their parents, anyone in their place. Everyone has yeah, a place, true, and people true. hear that. People hear that and think that you that you mean that derogatorily, and it's not. Everyone has a place, and as it goes, if we're talking about biblically, is that you 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 become one flesh once you get married. So that so nothing comes between that. Nothing nothing should come between husband and wife. That includes your mother. There are so many marriages that go because people include other people in their marriages. That that should never be an issue. That should never be an issue, in my opinion. I think when it comes to um, that exchange, part of it, part of it has a lot to do with the man in the middle, because in thinking about having a relationship, a lot of times it's it's almost like reaching or attaining for a goal, especially if you just so happen to find that person that um, matches the desires that you have for your life when it comes to a partner. You experience that moment where your mom just can't accept that son is growing up. Son is maturing. Son is finally seeing his potential. And in my position, I've experienced that in such a way to where when I finally got that one thing that I wanted, I couldn't refuse the experiences because I've given my mom so much of my time and attention. Now I have to think about me. And I get exactly what you're saying as as far as proper placement, the respect of the parent versus the partner. 
I get that. But then I think what becomes the issue is the sacrifice. We expect men to sacrifice all the time. And I would like to believe that it's fair for me to explain to my mom. Unfortunately, I can't do everything, but I can do this because I'm enjoying my evening with like like establish establish your your quality time, your expectations in all of your relationships, because in responsibilities, there should be a benefit. There should be something that you can extract from it that makes you feel good or that empowers you and a lot of times dealing with those issues of putting yourself on the back burner that woman could be that benefit she can be that that joy that that energy that you would need to to celebrate finally getting a friday and getting to relax and she brings that certain energy and peace to you like i think that we have to balance those relationships because true enough that's going to be your mama but i can't depend on my mama for everything that I need as a man. And ultimately she's not going to be able to depend on you for everything that she's going to need. In some instances, she may need a partner, not necessarily her son or not necessarily her kid. So we have to kind of respectfully um, distinguish how we are going to move within these relationships because they can affect your growing and your maturity when you finally decide, okay, well I'm growing closer to, finding my want my other half the the other part of my flesh like you have that disconnection because it's always something interfering with the connection so when it comes to love and honesty and trust and all of the things that relationships have been built on or figuratively built on where do you feel like men are in those areas do you feel like we know how to love how to trust how to open up be vulnerable do we know how to embody or encompass those characteristics of love and relationship well some do some don't i mean i think that that's um part of growing and that's why you know we as we talked earlier the part of it is taking time out to find yourself because if you don't do that it's very hard to get. You can get it without doing it. I think some people learn um, and they have to have extremely patient women. Um, but the thing is, is that you know, you can't expect everyone has this like time limit where they think people people should be at a certain time. Everyone has to go through their own journey. Take your time out to do it. I think that um, we're, we're seeing more men doing that. More men are getting in touch. More men are, are starting to realize, okay, it, it's okay. These feelings that I have, it's okay. It's okay to feel. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to grow. Um, so we're, we're coming out of the stereotypical black black male a little bit. It's it's still we still have years ahead of us. But um, overall, I, I like to think that we're moving in the right direction as a, as a as a culture. Yeah. I think we are too. I think because we're made, I think because we've made so many mistakes of ignoring our feelings over the years, I think that is, it has made women expect for us to deal with our shit too. Like they're insisting upon knowing what is it that you feel? What is it that you're not saying? Like they're like adamant about finding out what is it that keeps you from all the way connecting to me as a person, they're insisting upon you dealing with your mental health and all of those things. So I think it's, it's creating a atmosphere for us to be a little bit more open. But of course, we're still resistant 
in that regard to finding self, like finding who we are. And I want to insist upon us having these conversations because I want dudes to know that it's cool, like you said, to be angry. It's cool to be frustrated. It's cool to not be able to um, all the way have everything together. It is not an issue or it's not a like red flag on your manhood when you fall short. You're conditioned to fall short, but we have to look at our women as what they were intended to be is our partners. They should help us. They should encourage us. They should inspire us. And I don't want women to think that this is an attack on them. But ultimately, I don't want women to believe that it's okay to just hold this man responsible. You have to encourage that man. You have to love on that man so that he takes pride in his responsibility. It's not entirely up to him to, you know, figure out how he's supposed to feel about doing for the people he loves. You have to encourage it because that's what love is. You encourage a person in the process of doing for each other. Like that's what love is. It's not just one sided. I think chivalry is one sided. Like when you look at the definition of chivalry it's dedicated to a man, you know, but this is how you get those instances where you hold a door open for a woman and she doesn't say anything because it's entitlement. Like chivalry shouldn't be just dedicated to a man. We should be generous to each other. We should be benevolent to each other. But those are conversations that we're not openly having because it's almost like if you say you've been mistreated in that way, that you're rebelling against the standards or the constructs of manhood. But ultimately what we're saying when we say, well, you know, I don't want to pay all of the dinner dates. I don't want to have to be responsible for all of these things. What we're saying is I need help. I need love. I need compassion. I need, you know, understanding. I need somebody that understands that I have my own issues too. Like the young lady that sent us the, uh, the powerful video in reference to our episode, how she insisted upon, well, take it back further than that. When she heard the things that we said, we impressed upon her certain things to where she impressed upon the people that follow her ask some ask a man is he okay like this is what these conversations are for like once we give out all of our feelings and our issues this is what the outpour should be we should be able to extend ourselves to each other and say look man are you good like we need that as men so i i think i think the progression of self-awareness is definitely you know progressive and it's going to get better, especially with us having these kind of conversations. So is there anything that you can think of as far as like men not necessarily prioritizing themselves that we didn't touch in this conversation? No, I mean, I think we really did touch on all of it. The one thing that I would kind of just impress upon or, or say to people before we uh, we get the hell out of here is just that um, I would I would say men learn to that you don't always need a woman. That's what I think. And, you know, we say that to women all the time, but I think men use women. And like you mentioned with sex earlier to fill gaps, because a lot of times that's the only time a lot of men only know how to express their emotion through sex. And I would say in a person upon men, try to try to find a different, a different way to, to, to get your feelings, to get your passion across other than sex all the time. That's what I was Right. Saying. Right. Because that is that is a like a, a void that you're trying to fill from not dealing with your own 
issues. So I definitely would suggest that too. When I think about like the way in which we impact people with the podcast, what ultimately ends up happening is a lot of the women come out first with responses and, you know, with questions. Do you, do you think we are afraid to admit our shit? Like we don't, oh, yeah. we don't want to talk yeah. about it. It's always the women that has the responses. Yeah. I mean, the thing, <laughs> the thing men, men will, will silently agree or they'll, they'll listen and love everything that they hear. He'll hear, but they won't be as outward about expressing Hey, I just heard an amazing podcast. Uh, you know, we do it amongst ourselves in podcasting because I think I think we understand it. But um, yeah, women are always the first one. I think that too, seeing a woman do it will bring men who necessarily wouldn't have listened to that type of podcast to listen to it because now they see the response it got from a woman. Right. Yeah. Because I know the women definitely are more responsive to my content. I'm pretty sure they are with yours too because it seems like they're ready for those conversations and men just aren't, you know, a hundred percent. They're not a hundred percent like ready, but I think that under underneath it all, like you can tell that they're taking it in, you know? So I, I definitely want to encourage the brothers. If it's something that you want to talk about, if it's something that you feel like you would like for even us to discuss, man, hit us up, man, because we want to have those conversations for men. I think it was time for us to really come forward and say, like, sometimes you have to put her second, you know, prioritize yourself. Um, take care of yourself, man. Go get that haircut. If that makes a difference to how your week go, like go get a drink with the homies like you have to prioritize yourself. Like sometimes. Um, an, well, matter of fact, there is an issue that we can talk about um, in a relationship. And we get to a point where we're like integrating everything. Everybody's meeting everybody. It's all love. We just having a excellent time, you know, with the different exchanges, meeting all of the friends. But there comes a time where because your partner knows everybody that, you know, typically they begin to feel entitled. And there's a moment when a woman wants to get away from her man and just be a homegirl. Or there's a moment when a guy just wants to be the homie. But if you integrate all of the circles, it gets confusing. How do you respectfully deal with the idea of wanting to have your space, even though you've made your girl a part of the inner circle or you made your guy a part of the inner circle? Because sometimes it gets tricky with that. You know, it, it begins to feel like, oh, well, what are you saying or what are you doing when you with them? Are you telling them our business? Are you divulging secrets? Like, how do you keep that respect level of friendship within a relationship because we feel entitled in that way too. I mean, I think, I think that that just goes in with any relationship, regardless if it's romantic or not, like you have to have your space. And I think that people nowadays fear space because they look at as attention is love. Space is good. You have to have space to miss the person you would. You have to have space to have your own experiences as much as integration is fine, but you're still separate people and you still need to be able to have your things. And I think that a lot of couples go sour because they just feel like they have to spend all their time with each other. And then that's when the bitterness starts. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't, I, I, hell, I love my children. I, I legitimately like being with my kids all the time, but I still need my time away from them. Like mm -hmm. it's it just, it just is period. And, and, and I think that 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 it shouldn't be looked at as a negative if you need time to yourself if you need time with just your boys if you need time hell even if you say look 
I don't even really want to do anything. I will pay for you to go somewhere. Just let me have an hour or two in the house by myself. People get offended by that, but you need that. It, it's a refresher. People need that. And that's also time to self-reflect. That's time to, like I said, to refresh. It's time to to like miss the person. That's time to plan out which something you want to do special for. Like you need that gap in space sometimes just for a clear mind away from all things. It's, it's like when you're working on something and you can't seem to crack it. And then the moment you step away and do something else, you figure it out. Yeah, that goes with right. relationships too. That goes with relationships too. So I saved the best part for last. I did not do QANA. I don't know if you're familiar with QANA, but it is the questions, the answers, and the alternative. And what I do is I ask you five to six questions. And just in case you get a question that you can't answer, there is an alternative. But once you answer the once you get the alternative, can't go back. So are you up to doing QANA? And then we can end this show. Sure. All right. So question number one. This is crazy. SpaghettiOs or ravioli? Uh, they both taste like crap, but I guess I'll have to go with <laughs> ravioli over SpaghettiOs. Yeah, I never was a fan of either or, but that's just one of the questions. Okay, so question number two. Um, Dodge Charger or Dodge Camaro? Well, repeat that first part. Is Dodge Charger or Dodge Camaro? Camaro all day long. Yeah, okay, okay. Number three is a bowl cut or a chip tooth. Which would you rather have? <laughs> oh, man. That is a ghetto no and a ghetto a no. A bowl cut, I guess. A, a bowl cut, I guess. Really? Yeah. You you think a bowl cut is worse than a chip tooth? Absolutely. No. No, no, no. A chip tooth is worse. I thought you were saying which one would I rather have. Oh, yeah. A chip tooth is worse all day long. Okay. All okay. day. Well, yeah. I guess I should have said long. that. Okay. So, um, which would you rather be? Musty or have bad acne? Acne can be solved. Like... I guess must can too, but listen, I'd rather someone say I got I got acne than I stink. Right, nah, right. Man. Okay, so um, if you had the opportunity, which would you which guest would you rather have on a podcast episode, Bill Cosby or R. Kelly? R. Kelly, because I would love to to verbally kill that man on on on, <laughs> on my podcast. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't know. I I really couldn't answer that. When I saw it, it was just like, man, like who would I pick? Um, I do. I probably feel like you too, because I think I I could probably go a little bit easier on Bill Cosby. No, no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. I I really can't answer that. I really can't answer that. So, um, I'm just gonna respect your answer. Okay. So, um, number six is Dominican or Latino. Dominican Dominican Okay Okay Last question Well no Let me ask you This is the alternative question Are you willing to answer The alternative question Sure Okay So If you Were caught cheating What act Would you like to be caught in In this particular instance Would you rather be caught With your face In a woman's ass After you just told your girl You don't eat ass (laughs) 
Or would you rather be in a missionary position on your woman's side of the bed? B. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if you, because in a situation, if you said I I don't do something and then you do it for the next one, listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> nah. Yeah, be all day long. So you would rather be you would rather be caught. Well, I guess I understand that, but I don't know. Being caught in a missionary position on your girl side of the bed, like that is crazy. It's not crazy <laughs> than, than than the alternative. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know, man. I don't think a woman would forgive you in any of those instances, but Oh, Ladies, no, no. definitely, if you heard this question, give me your answer. Like, which would you rather a man be caught in if you catch him cheating? Would you want him to be doing something to another woman that he told you he don't do? Or would you rather him do something on your side of the bed that he shouldn't be doing? So let me know what y'all think about that. I appreciate you, bro, for coming through, man. I really appreciate the conversation and definitely your points of view because it kind of helps me move a little bit further. And dealing with my shit, man. I think this is what this show was going to do for me this year is, um, you know, deal with my shit and talk about it. Like, talk about it outwardly so that we can help um, people move forward. So, what you got next, man? I mean, I need to ask you so I can know, one, because I know I ain't going to know everything. But what do you have next as far as, like, goals set for CEO Hayes, the Breaks Media? Because we really didn't talk about Breaks at all. We need to kind of... Like keep people in, you know, updated on what's going on with the break. So what do you have up next for yourself? Oh man, uh live show in DC, May 4th, uh, for Love, Lust, and Badass. So that's what's next yeah. on my agenda. Yeah. Making, that, making that the best possible event it could be. Um outside of that, like goals, my all my goal I my goals for the my solo podcast, The Awakened Soul, and also the breaks radio. Like I I hit honestly. My three-year goals with the Awakened Soul, I hit in the first ten months of that podcast. Oh, that's and so, dope. That's dope. And so, yeah, I, I'm 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 currently reestablishing those goals. But right now, most of my goals are for the the Breaks Media. I want every pod, and because my solo podcast, I'm happy with where it is. I'll never be content. That's the thing. It's okay with be happy. I'll never be content because I'm always gonna go after more. But right, I feel right. like with the Breaks Media specifically, other people have entrusted me to help grow their their podcast on my platform on our platform because it's not just mine on our platform. So that's more where my focus lies. I feel like that's my 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 where my attention mainly is. And with that, I, my goal is. For every podcast on the Breaks Media, by the by the end of our first year, so our by the end of our twelfth month in existence, we started in January. I want every podcast on the network to average a thousand more downloads a week than what they were. Okay, yeah, I wanna I wanna learn how to market my podcast a little bit more. I wanna be a little bit more um, relatable and a little bit more accessible. Um, I have to figure those things out because I. I know I have to go above and beyond because I don't have the sense of humor that a lot of the podcasters have. I really am serious about most of the things that I talk about. So I want to like take this opportunity with being a part of the breaks is to like learn how to um, develop um, a better marketing strategy, a better um, a better conversation with the consumer and the listener. It's so many things that I think that I want to do this year. But mainly it's those things. It's just working on being a little bit more open minded and accessible to the people. 
Um, just off of the last episode, I've gained so many fans, um, so many new listeners. And part of the reason is because of the engagement. So I'm really, you know, I'm really trying to adjust to that. And that's something that you do very well. You're very forthcoming. And I think that that's going to help me to see or navigate through the processes of developing a better and um, not necessarily better, but a stronger um, connection to the listener. So um, definitely, if you guys are interested in um, getting in tune with the Breaks Media, you can follow us over at the Breaks Media on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's so much stuff going on. It's about 20 shows. We haven't even announced all of the shows yet. Got more announcements coming, more events on the way. Definitely um, go over to the Eventbrite for tickets for the Love, Lust, and Badass Soul Live show. It's going to be crazy. I know it's going to be crazy, and y'all know it's going to be crazy. So definitely get your tickets. Um, if you can't show up, still buy a ticket, man. Support, support, support. That's always important when it comes to creatives on the independent level. This man works extremely hard. Um, AJ, very beautiful, very intelligent, um, works very hard to give you good content and give you substance within some of the fuckery that we talk about because, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's not it's not like one-sided. It's definitely balanced. They give you some education. They give you some sexy. They give you some everything. So um, definitely pull up for that. Um, we're going to try to keep this thing going. I know that we are supposed to record for your show. So we're going to try to keep ourselves on each other's platform. So definitely look out for us both. Um, you can find me at BJ on Twitter. Follow the show on Instagram at The Subject Change. And I'm going to let my brother give you his social media. Go ahead, bro. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow my podcast, The Awakened Soul, at The Awakened Soul Pod. Um, and then lastly, you can follow The Breaks Media. I think you already said it, but it's at The Breaks Media. And go to our website, thebreaksmedianetwork.com, because it's beautiful. We've worked hard on it. Yeah, um, got I got some more blogs coming up there soon. AJ's been killing it with her blog. So, yeah, definitely check out those uh, those platforms. All right. This has been another episode of Change the Subject. I'll catch you guys again in two weeks. Peace and blessings. Stay up. And men, put yourself first and, and prioritize yourself for once. That's it. <laughs>